Christian McCaffrey is on the move in a blockbuster deal. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott is back this week. And how do the Yankees bounce back from an 0-2 hole in the ALCS? Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. In the middle of a Thursday night football game, a trade broke out. And the trade was so much more interesting than the game. Sorry, Saints. Sorry, Cardinals. Christian McCaffrey is going to the San Francisco 49ers for a haul of draft picks. The 49ers are getting Christian McCaffrey. That's pretty good. But the Panthers are getting a second-round pick, a third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick in this upcoming draft in 2023, and a fifth-rounder in 2024. Joining me now from Lockdown 49ers, and of course, Peacock and Williamson, our pal Brian Peacock. And Brian, for the 49ers, in an offense where... They just, like, running backs grow on trees. Why do you make this move if you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, my listeners at Lockdown 49ers are, are going to hate me for a little while because I'm the I, I'm the foremost leader carrying the sign, right, of running backs don't matter in the mm -hmm. NFL. And Kyle Shanahan is completely on the other side of that line, as witnessed by pretty much now wasting third round picks and consecutive drafts already on Trey Sermon and now Ty Davis price. And I was hoping to see Ty Davis price as part of that deal as, as part of that third round value, maybe that they gave up for Christian McCaffrey, but no, that is not the case. Multiple day two picks in um, a fifth rounder in, in, in 2024, it's, it's just not worth it for a running back these days. And I don't think the 49ers are getting the Christian McCaffrey that we're all excited to see. Now, does it make the 49ers better? Next week? Yes, it does, right? Uh, but long-term, does it really help the 49ers? Did you see um, the, the Carolina Panthers winning a whole bunch of games because they drafted a good running back, right? No, it just doesn't happen today's NFL. The, the running back position is not the catalyst to wins in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan clearly loves himself some running backs. I can't wait to see how Kyle Shanahan uses Christian McCaffrey, and as long as he's healthy, it makes them a better football team. But when you look at the trade deadline, the 49ers were going to get Elijah Mitchell back, their sixth rounder from last year, who was really the trade, the only trade deadline addition they needed at the position. I mentioned the third rounder this year. They've got Jeff Wilson, who ran up 120 yards a couple of weeks ago. They're, the running back position is just not a problem for the 49ers. Um, you've got to worry about the offensive line. You've got to worry about uh, health on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so to me, this is really a bad move. And I know a lot of people are excited about it in the fantasy football world. You get excited. He's a big name. He's a star player. He'll, he'll maybe sell some jerseys where he, we'll hear, hear about all the stories of Kyle Shanahan babysitting a young Christian McCaffrey when Kyle's dad was coaching Christian's dad in Denver. Um, love that story. And, 
And I mean, he's a great player and, and, and we'll see how Kyle actually in his offense doesn't really throw the ball that much to his running backs. So we'll see if he adds more to that. And I'm sure there will be players moving around. You can put Christian McCaffrey out wide, Debo Samuel in the backfield. So I'm sure Kyle will go into the lab and have some fun. Overall, though, I think the 49ers got fleeced. This isn't a good move long term for the 49ers. To, this is not the way you build a franchise spending all the resources the 49ers have on a basically a dying position in the NFL. Yeah, no one happier about this trade than Olivia Colpo, Christian McCaffrey's girlfriend. Uh, she gets to go from, from Charlotte to the Bay Area if, if she is indeed hanging out with Christian McCaffrey. This is this is also a team that has poured resources into the running back position, paid Tevin Coleman early on in this regime, paid Jerick McKinnon a lot of money, a four-year, $30 million deal. They gave Kyle Juszczyk, who's not a running back, strictly speaking, a top-of-market fullback deal, and oh, now you have Kyle this Juszczyk Christian McCaffrey. Twice as much as any fullback in the NFL. There's only about three fullbacks that are employed in the league these days. It is it is something that they have done counter to what the rest of the league is doing. That being said, this is a coaching staff and a coach in Kyle Shanahan that turned Debo Samuel into a run pass monster. Like let's let's try and make the flip side dip, like the diplomatic case for this, the optimist case for this. And that is, okay, you have Debo Samuel and you have Christian McCaffrey. Both of them could run. Both of them could catch passes out of the backfield. It seems like if you're going to maximize Christian McCaffrey, a coach like Kyle Shanahan feels like the kind of guy who could do that. Yes, and, and if, if there's two huge ifs in this whole equation that have to play out for the 49ers to come out ahead in this. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, first of all, has to stay healthy which he has not been able to do throughout his career. And especially going would into... Would fit on the 49ers right now, given their their uh, their current injury report list over That's the last insane. couple of weeks. Uh, like the 49ers have been the most injured team in the NFL in recent history, and, and the running backs are falling like flies. So, you know, you trade all this for Christian McCaffrey, he gets hurt before you even have a chance to make a playoff run, then what's the point to all this? And then, you know, you've got salary to worry about in the future. No guarantees, but still $12 million per year, which is more than I would be willing to pay any running back in the NFL because, again, I, I don't value the position like Kyle Shanahan clearly does but if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy and if Christian McCaffrey there's signs that he's slowing down and not quite that same dynamic player he was earlier in his career but if he is still that guy that we picture in our minds when we close our eyes and think of what Christian McCaffrey is if both of those things huge ifs are true then it'll be a fun run for the 49ers and absolutely help the offense and what's funny is Kyle Shanahan's offense is the one that's struggling even though he's an offensive coach and if as long as they're healthy on the defensive side of the ball they'll be in a lot of football games so if Christian McCaffrey can help them put a few points on the board he should help that football team this year. Stay up to date all year on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On 49ers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Dak Prescott is back for the Dallas Cowboys. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. Game three of the NLCS is tonight, and both teams have minus odds. The San Diego Padres, minus 109. The Philadelphia Phillies, minus 101. Trying to eat on both ends of this one. I love it. The Boston Celtics and Miami Heat are facing off in a potential Eastern Conference Championship preview tonight. Bucks fans and, and Sixers fans are livid. The Boston Celtics, two and a half point favorites in that one. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. 
finally an NFL primetime game that wasn't a low-scoring affair. The Arizona Cardinals beat the New Orleans Saints 42-34 in a game where the Cardinals defense scored back-to-back pick sixes. I also hit Cardinals minus two and a half, but that doesn't show up in the box score. Pick sixes and Eno and D-Hop, oh my. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals get a victory at home for the first time in 364 days. 42-34 win on Thursday Night Football over the New Orleans Saints. This game had everything. A Marco Wilson, Isaiah Simmons pick six. Eno Benjamin rumbling and stumbling for touchdowns. And DeAndre Hopkins, fresh off the street, 10 receptions, 103 yards. Ho-hum for one of the best wide receivers still in the NFL. Now, this game could be a misnomer. This game could be a prediction for the future. What we do know is the defense set the table for the Cardinals with two pick sixes and two series off of Andy Dalton in the second quarter that completely changed the trajectory of this game. The offense followed suit in the second half, but it'll be very interesting to see what the Arizona Cardinals will do in week eight as they travel to Minnesota to play the Vikings in another potentially must-win matchup for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm Alex Clancy with Locked On Cardinals. Please check me out Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. The Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks went down to the wire on Thursday night. The Bucks walked away with a 90-88 win and in typical Giannis Antetokounmpo fashion. He put up a near triple-double, 21 points, 13 rebounds, and 8 assists to go along with 3 emphatic blocks. Well, that was a wild way to start the season for the Milwaukee Bucks. They get the win in Philly, 90-88, to but it wasn't always looking likely. My name's Kane Pittman. I'm the host of Locked On Bucks, and I think Giannis said it best after the game. Not one person can do it. They need multiple contributors on this team. They're without Chris Middleton. They're without Pat Connaughton, two guys that have been in the closing lineup for Mike Budenholzer with this team, and they were struggling to score. Grayson Allen and Wesley Matthews both come up clutch with multiple plays in the final three minutes. Not just scoring, deflections, offensive rebounds, stout defense. I thought those two were huge down the stretch and contributing to the win. And let's talk about Brooke Lopez. Joel Embiid scoreless in the second half. Overall, Brooke Lopez, 17 points. Joel Embiid, 15 points. I think it was one of the best regular season games we've seen from Brooke Lopez since he's been in Milwaukee. Overall, this was a crazy win for Milwaukee, but they will take it, no doubt about it, and move forward. Make sure you catch the game recap on Locked On Bucks. Uh, that's one game out of 82. It's going to be a fun season. The Cleveland Cavaliers got some good news regarding all-star guard Darius Garland, who left Wednesday's game versus the Toronto Raptors with a left eye injury. Luckily, Garland did not sustain any structural damage to his eye and will likely miss just a few games. New York Jets wide receiver Elijah Moore has requested a trade from the franchise. This according to reports that he is unhappy with his playing time and involvement in the offense. Moore, a second round pick out of Ole Miss just last season, is the second Jets receiver to request a trade this season, joining Denzel Mims. Yes, the Jets are winning. But if you have two receivers who are unhappy with what is going on in the offense, it bears looking inward to figure out, are we communicating? Are we doing everything we can to make sure our players understand what their roles are and how they fit into what we are doing? Dak is back, and so is Mac. 
I do not like this on a chair. I do not like this anywhere. Sorry, we have to, the Dr. Seuss thing is just in my brain now. New England Patriots quarterback Mac Jones said on Thursday that he expects to be available for the Patriots game against the Chicago Bears this week on Monday night football. Whether or not Bill Belichick plans to start him, we'll see. Detroit Pistons assistant general manager Rob Murphy has been placed on leave after he was accused of workplace misconduct by a female employee, something that we see all too often, not just in sports, but around the world. Here is another story you need to know. The Dak attack is back. Sorry, I I was Dr. Seuss there for a second, but Dak Prescott says he is going to play in week seven against the Detroit Lions. The Cooper Rush experience was a pretty good experience for the most part, it seemed, for, for Cowboys fans. At the very least, they went four and one without Dak Prescott. And so that leads to questions. Questions I get to ask Marcus Mosher from Locked On Cowboys. Marcus, maybe we didn't get the quarterback controversy that Jerry Jones pretended to want, but that doesn't mean there aren't lessons to learn from what this offense was under Cooper Rush. What do you think they can take from the last month and a half and use now that Dak is apparently going to be under center? Yeah, first and foremost, shout out to to Cooper Rush. He did his job, right? He kept things afloat. You and I talked after week one, and listen, I was wrong. I I thought the season was over. Yeah, you said it was done. It was done. I mean, because it's been done every other time that a starting quarterback has been hurt for the Dallas Cowboys, but that's not the case. He kept them afloat, and I do think there's some things that Dak can learn. You don't have to play hero ball on third down and 10. This defense is good enough to bail you out. Hey, sometimes a second and eight run, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, So I think you're going to see a more, I don't want to say conservative Dak, but maybe a more cautious Dak because he does know that the team is better around him than ever before. Is that more on Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, or is that more on Dak Prescott saying, okay, I'm looking around me. Let me trust Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Uh, Michael Gallup, and then, of course, Michael Parsons in that defense? Or is it more on Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore to say, okay, we know we can play this way. Let's call plays like that. I mean, I think the cop-out answer is both, but I really think it's more of a Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore thing because they know how good Dak Prescott is, and they know Mm -hmm. they can have him go out and throw the ball 40 times a game and be fine and be the number one offense in the league like we saw last year. But you don't necessarily need to do that, right? Like, on third and long, it's okay to dump the ball off the, the tight end and punt the ball because you know and pin him pin the opponents inside their own 10-yard line because the defense will take care of things. I think it's up to, to McCarthy and Kellamore to maybe rein Dak in a little bit. That's a it's a play on his middle name, Dak. I liked rain, it. Prescott. Um, how yeah. do you how do you handicap then this NFC with Dak coming back? Because as we sit here right now, it's the Giants at five and one. The Eagles are undefeated. All the good teams, it seems, are in the NFC East. With apologies yep. to Luke Braun and Minnesota Vikings, who are a fraudulent five and one. Uh, w- like, can this team be the best team in the NFC with Dak Prescott as quarterback? Sure, but the problem is you're probably not going to win the NFC East, which means you're going to have to go on the road three straight games to to make the Super Bowl, and that's really hard. Like, you just don't see that happen very often. I. I, Peter, I think there's a chance by the time we get to January, the Cowboys are playing like the best team in the league, but having that number one seed and having a first round buy is just so important. So we'll see. There would be something really, really painful for Cowboys fans that the, the time that they actually have the best team, it was 
that Dak Prescott was not on the field for them to take full advantage of that. Like that would be gut wrenching for fans, wouldn't it? Yes. But at the same time, the Cowboys have been the number one seed before with Dak mm. Prescott. They've had really good teams before, you know, winning 12, 13 games. And it hasn't mattered. So yeah, what happened in 2016 again, Marcus? I, I forgot about that game. Okay. I think I blocked it out. But uh, th- shout out to the Fa- Falcons for making everything right. Uh, yeah, I, we'll see. I, I think the Cowboys just need to start playing good football, and I think everything else will take care of itself. Stay up to date all season on the Dallas Cowboys by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Cowboys podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the ALCS is heading to the Bronx. Will it go back to Houston? And if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And guess what? This new cookie dough chunk puff flavor is out of this world. It's one of my favorite things to open my cabinet and grab to eat. That's including all the snacks. And I keep a cabinet. I've got a snack pantry full of good stuff. I've got a toddler. I have a sweet tooth myself. I love salty snacks. My wife loves salty snacks versus sweet. I love both, which is, you know, a problem. But what's great is because I have a sweet tooth, I have to keep the Built Bars in my house. The beauty of the Built Bar and the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, we're talking about 100% real chocolate on the outside. And we're talking about protein-infused marshmallows on the inside with real cookie dough pieces, all for just 160 calories with 50 grams of protein. It delivers everything you want from a protein bar with flavor that you will remember. Again, one of my favorite things to eat, truly. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15. Game two of the ALCS went down to the wire, but the Astros held off a late Yankees surge in a 3-2 win and now take a 2-0 series lead to the Bronx as this series turns. Joining me now from Locked on Yankees, Stacey Getsulius. And Stacey, if you're a Yankees fan, I feel like you have to be feeling pretty okay about what happened to me being down 0-2, not great. But the Yankees had the winning run come to the plate, I believe, in each of the first two games. Matt Carpenter and that majestic mustache not able to do much of anything. Right. How do you feel coming out of these first two games? I feel fine. I really do. I I don't know if it's all the baseball I've watched in my 48 years, but I don't feel that bad because the Astros aren't killing the Yankees. The Yankees are basically killing themselves with certain things that they're doing in these games. And it's kind of funny when you think about the fact that the Yankees have been able to keep Jose Altuve from doing anything in this series so far, and they still find themselves down 0-2, but they're heading home. They faced the Astros' best pitchers in Houston, and they have their one and two set for games three and four. So Yankee fans, don't fret. All is not lost, I promise. Well, you do understand that this is this is very hard for the baseball viewing and the sports viewing public because the Astros villains, Yankees villains. So there are a lot of people, you know, cheering for the the meteor in, in this series. And, and that just is what it is. But to your point, this is a Yankees team that has played this series really, really close. So what do they need to flip 
Is it just as simple as, hey, now we have our ace getting to, to take the bump and, and hopefully can claws back into this series in game three because it was really just one pitch for uh, Luis Severino in this game. That was the difference. Yeah. That has to help having, I mean, the pitching hasn't been bad. Tyone didn't do bad. You know, it was a couple of questionable bullpen moves there by Boone in game one, but it's the lack of a big hit. They had chances to put Verlander away. They had chances to do things tonight and they could not get the big hit. And I think once they go home, it might be a little easier for them to do that. One thing that was driving me nuts watching the game as a non-Yankees fan is they get the base runner in the top of the ninth. They bring in the pinch runner and then don't send him (laughs) until a do or die situation after Carpenter goes down 0-1. I'm going, this is going to be a pitch out because they have to send the runner and they never do. So Yankees fans are, I would say, by and large, annoyed with Aaron Boone so far in this postseason. Some of them just in general because this is not a new thing. Where are you in what you think is how this series has been managed, how this playoffs has been managed by Aaron Boone? With the exception of tonight's loss. The other three losses were all Aaron Boone losses because of moves that he made with Mm. the bullpen. Tonight's loss, Severino, the one bad pitch to Bregman. But Boone is a contributing factor. And we joke about it throughout the season. This is a Boone loss. This is a Boone loss. But you can't have that many Boone losses in the postseason. And, you know, I did joke on Twitter that the Yankees won't be able to win anything if Aaron Boone remains the manager. And um, so far, I'm right. That, that, you know, you can, you can take that. Unfortunately, if you keep being right, that means the Yankees are, are going home. Right. <laughs> and finally, during the first half of Thursday Night Football, Arizona Cardinals QB Kyler Murray and head coach Cliff Kingsbury got into an argument on the sideline. It, it looked like, if you're an amateur lip reader like I am, there were some expletives uttered at one another. Rumor has it Kyler was just practicing for the new Call of Duty. That came out yesterday. Probably a lot of cursing when you play that too. They won. Listen, they won. So we, we can only we can only tease so much, but the the Call of Duty jokes and the homework jokes, they're just they're not gonna end. They really aren't. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite teams locked on podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on Monday's show, will we have one of our representatives for the World Series? So at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on sports today.